You're listening to Road to CEO, nothing but in-depth interviews with executives about their journeys as CEO. I'm your host, Will Marlowe, and I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, welcome to another episode of Road to CEO. Very lucky today to have Ognian Radic on the, on the show today. Ognian is based in Belgrade. He's built some awesome companies. We're going to hear all about it. Uh, Ognian, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for hearing me. So I have a, a deep connection to Belgrade because I've been working in Serbia for six years. You are based in Belgrade, I believe. Are you? Is that where we're, where we're talking from here? Are you in yes, Belgrade yes, right yes, now? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, in office, yeah. Office in Belgrade. Very nice. Very nice. Well, you are the first uh, uh, international CEO to be on the show. I, of course, have a company that has offices in Belgrade, offices in D.C., and uh, so I, I really love having you here. Why don't we start right at the beginning? You you started and, and actually sold a company called FitPass, I believe it is? Yes. Can yes. you tell That's us what the, that- the last one. What, what was that company all about? Uh, so we... we um... My partner and I, uh, he's a Polish guy working at uh, Rocket Internet. I believe like you and most of the people know about Rocket Internet. We were uh, in charge for of Food Panda for the region, for the Eastern Europe and, and the Balkans. And at some point we decided to, to let's do it something on, on ourselves. Uh, we made the list of the companies that were opened in Pol- Poland, let's say now it's 15, 16, 17 years ago. But at that time, that was like 10, 12 years ago, and that are booming, let's say, at that point in, in Poland, because Paul River, Serbia, and the whole region right now is the process of, of uh, let's say, like some kind of emerging markets, uh, process of transition to, to capitalistic society and everything else. So we wanted to see what, uh, what, what is successful in Poland when the Poland, uh, and it was starting in Poland when the Poland was in debt uh, development that state of development as as the serbia was at that point so we made a list of 20 companies 24 to be to be exact we opened the we first opened a shot bar <laughs> something that's really popular around the europe and uh, especially in poland it's still working here it's uh, doing really good and after that we we uh, decided that next thing we were going to do is a company that is working with benefits that's benefit system in Poland, which we saw, and uh, it's pretty, pretty big company, very, very working, very good. And my background is in sports. I mean, I was uh, studying uh, faculty for, for physical education, and uh, I was in sports for a long time, all my life. So we decided to open something that's connected to sports, and it's in the, in the benefit area for for the employees. So. Uh, we made a system that uh, you can buy a FitPass card for your employees. They can use it in any sport venue they, they find in, in, in the country. So right now, FitPass, I mean, it's still working. I sold it to the French company, but it's still operational here. Mm-hmm. It has over 750 venues you can use with one card. And we have a few hundred thousand active users only in Serbia. So it was pretty, pretty big at the time of the sale. That's fantastic. I love talking to people who have a vision like that. You know, it sounds like you had a very strategic thought about this where you looked at Poland and you saw, okay, the, you know, as I understand it, you, you saw that they were maybe six years or, or several years ahead of, of, of the of Serbia, yes, Serbia. And, uh, yep. 
And so you you were able to then extrapolate and say, okay, well, let's let's take some businesses that that grew successfully over there and let's let's you know let's build them over in Serbia. Yes, yes. I mean, the Polish people are pretty similar to to, to Serbians with uh, how they behave, uh, their uh, what they're used to, and everything else. So so Poland was pretty pretty easy target to 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 check to use it here, uh, and it turned out good. I mean, it's we we opened uh, two more companies later. And all of them are, are doing good. So maybe we will get to the end of that list of 24 companies. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is a strategy that's really worked on several businesses. Yes, yes, it worked. And, and uh, I mean, even after when we were doing the development of Pitpass and opening other countries, we were looking at uh, the, the markets that uh, were growing uh, fastest and best were, were the ones that were pretty similar to Serbia. It took, took us some time to... To, to get to, to that knowledge. But for example, Georgia was one of the fastest growing markets in, in the world that we opened, mm-hmm. which is insane. I mean, they're, they're not really uh, developed or anything, but uh, it turned out the, the people is similar to us. They, they have the same religion and everything else, same mm-hmm. habits. And Georgia turned out for us crazy, crazy good market. Very interesting. So. Um, so as you started building the business in that way, you know, what surprises were there? You know, did it, did it work in all the places you thought it would work? Uh, no, no. I mean, we made, so, I mean, we were young. We, I opened the company seven years ago. I was 27. My, my partner was 25 and a half. We were pretty young. I mean, we had, we had some background. I was MD and him for a few years before that, but it's not the same when, when it's your company and, and. Uh, it's your money on the account. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like when, when you're just um, CEO of someone else's company, you, you don't really have everything on mind. So we made some pretty stupid mistakes. We, for example, we uh, entered Italian market too soon. I mean, uh, mm. it turned out good, but uh, with a few million more, it could turn out even better. Uh, but we learned that a bit bit late uh sold it at the end to the to the german competitor i mean made pretty good money on it but it is pretty hard it's pretty hard so so there there are some some things that you need to learn on the way uh, now now yeah. i'm not doing the same mistakes and uh, that that knowledge that i got from from pitpass and the other companies is is in, very valuable for me but yeah there were a lot of lot of problems that we have for turkey was also uh pretty pretty bad for us uh people there are insanely hard to work with mm-hmm. uh, the workforce is let's say lazy to not use any other some other word and uh the market is so big that you have you really need to to be very very strong to to do something there i mean we were in istanbul but istanbul is mm-hmm. like almost 20 million people and uh i mean you you, you use i don't know like Hundred thousand euros in the marketing, and yeah. no one sees no one sees that you're there. So yeah, we had some some pretty stupid mistakes at the beginning, but it turned out well at the end. I mean, we, we made an exit pretty big. If someone told me when we were opening a company it will do that, I would shake his hand and say, "Okay, I take it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it's it's interesting how things change from when you start a business to when you're when you're done when you sell it. Um, but it's also interesting to me because I think one of the best characteristics of a CEO is the ability to, to size up a market. I mean, that to me might be the fundamental CEO challenge um, and, or, or, you know, founder, CEO, 
Um, you know, if you're in charge of the direction of a company, picking the right market is the key. I, I've often said that my best decision in, in my business was deciding that Google ads was a high growth area. Now, that's a seems like a pretty obvious thing to say, but it meant that I then stopped focusing on building websites. I didn't focus on social media marketing. I didn't focus on branding, you know, all these, th and th those things are great too. But I, I saw that the Google ad market was going to just completely explode. It has continued to do that. And so that made a lot of things very easy because, you know, you get calls from people who need help with Google ads. And if I had paid my first business, meanwhile, was one where I had to create demand and, you know, it was a new type of software nobody was using it and it worked. It was, you know, it, it ultimately was a successful company, but it was not, uh, it, it, I didn't get a taste of that super high demand that I got when I started doing this type of services business. So it sounds like you did the same kind of thing where you found, you know, you found something where the market was eating it up and then you're now you're able to see all these different markets and how they responded to it. I mean, uh, it makes a lot of difference uh, what kind of company you want to have. You know, uh, I mean, now I probably wouldn't start a company that they want to sell in six years. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. out of energy. I'm a bit too old for that again. And probably I would, even if I start with pass, I would stay in Serbia. You know, make some money and uh, be, be good with that. But uh, th th this kind of fast growth that we needed to make, uh, especially in Europe, so we can get some VC funds because they don't want to invest if you're not in some pretty strong Western country. That's why we got mm. to Italy or some crazy big market like Istanbul, where we got, that's why we got there. But if you ask me now, like we were pretty crazy. I mean, but when you have 27, 28 years, you can be crazy and you can make risks like that. But now when I, I, when I look at that right now, my God, like I wouldn't do it again. No, no, no chance at all. <laughs> I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I sometimes wish that I would do it again. You know, I did, I did my first company was a software company. I raised capital for it. You know, I worked crazy hours. Um, you know, I had investors and a board and everything. And, and, uh, you know, I don't think I could go back and do that 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 no. one now it's a no. software company no investors you know all yeah. <laughs> you know, going. Yeah, it's much yes. simpler yeah we're definitely told yeah but so tell me though you made an interesting comment about istanbul being so big and so challenging as a market i always like to chase those huge markets so what was what was difficult about istanbul uh, the, the, the workforce was the, the biggest problem we had. Uh, they're used to not doing anything. I mean, they're very, very lazy. The, the unemployment rate in Istanbul at that point was like zero. So the guy like gets fired and he gets a job before he gets to the lower floor. Uh, so they don't care. You know, they work like half a day, then they do a lunch for three hours and, uh, that's it. Then they'll, uh, sick leave for example it's something pretty normal to use every week every month and uh, me with my work ethics and everything i i just couldn't comprehend that mm. someone is is doing that uh, they were absent like i got to the company from 20 people seven is on sick leave at the same point same time so uh, for us that was the biggest challenge because i had to to <clears throat> I had to work with myself to, to get used to, to how they operate, how they think and everything else. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing was um, how to uh, 
how help people to help to get people to see you uh, in in the in the market where there are uh, gym chains that are insanely big, 50, mm-hmm. 60 gyms. Uh, there is a crazy competition on, on Google Ads and everything else. So the price is crazy, crazy. I mean, point per click, I don't know, cost per click was few euros, so yeah. uh, 27 times more than Serbia. I, I remember the same, the, the exact number. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> how to get to in, in, in gyms. That was also the problem because uh, here in Serbia, here one chain, one serious chain, big chain, getting into chains is a pretty, pretty big problem because you're more a competitor to them than, than a partner. And in Istanbul, we had like three uh, chains that had 40, 50 plus uh, places mm-hmm. and that was like the big big uh, problem for us so let's say the workforce was definitely yeah. the biggest one and that's why I would never work in, in Istanbul again after that of course Erdogan was the biggest problem we lost crazy amount of money just from Lira that was dropping like crazy in, in, in a week and uh, a lot of foreign companies started leaving and everything else so mm-hmm. Turkish market really crumbled at that point because we got in like six months before all the problems started and we were just getting bigger and bigger and then everything went down so it was it was interesting (laughs) yeah I guess so 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 maybe can you be more specific about who your buy who who your who your buyer would have been so you you would go to the uh the leadership of the uh uh the gym chains within each country so like you'd need to in, get them as partners essentially and then at that point if they're a successful gym would would then your partnership be successful uh that depended a lot in the beginning you know you can promise them uh, some results like bringing new people blah, blah 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 but at the end you're a competitor and mm-hmm. uh the big the big gym chains the, the their businesses you know the small yeah. ones are mostly some bodybuilders and the, the guy yeah. has a gym and he doesn't even know who I am or what I will do and so on and so on. For example, now in Serbia, FitPass holds like 70% of the market. I mean, the gyms are taking money, a lot of money from us, but at the end, they're losing money because of us. The big gyms are good because like 70, 80% of our business is going to them. So they take most of the money, but the small gyms are not in so good uh, shape because we, we took a crazy, crazy amount of people from them because now you can to train whenever you want. So the gyms need to keep up with the quality. The, the competition is now crazy good. I mean, the whole market, for example, in Serbia changed completely. We have now 15, 20 gyms in Belgrade that are crazy good, crazy big, like 1,000 plus square meters. And when we were entering, you had like maybe one, two big gyms. The chain, the biggest chain had four locations. Now it has 15. I mean, the guy helped me I helped him, so we both developed at the same time. And a lot of small gyms closed or were bought by the big ones. So so FitPass was really the, the game changer for for uh, Serbia. Now the same thing is happening in, in Bosnia and in uh, in Georgia. But in Istanbul, you know, when you when you get to the to the chain that has like 50 locations that are already doing some corporate sales, they already have clients. It's pretty hard to, to get them on. So we, we didn't even work with the biggest uh, chain in, in Turkey. They didn't want to didn't even want to talk with us. I mean, they, they, they can foresee what is going to happen. Uh, so 
Yeah, yeah, it was pretty hard. I mean, we, we had a lot of gyms, but uh, you know, when when you're in Belgrade and you have like 200, 300 locations, yeah. you cover everything. In Istanbul, 200 locations cover like 10% of the city, <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. And the sales are, are crazy hard there. You know, you, we sell, we send the salesman from one side of the city to another. It takes him like four hours by car, so he can do like two locations per day. So we had a crazy, crazy, big number of, of sales guys that were like running around the city and trying to sign as many gyms as they can. But even after that, the corporate sales were, were really hard because like the guy sits in the car and he's in the traffic for at least two and a half, three hours just to get like, I don't know, seven, eight blocks yeah. away. So you, you can't even tell him to come back to the office because he doesn't have time and it's like three hours to get home. So Istanbul is is pretty crazy market, and I'm I, I wouldn't get back there, I don't know for any amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's interesting because I remember I still remember how um, several years back I when I was newer in my my current business I um, I made I used to make uh, on site visits to you know talk about marketing strategy with clients you know I would spend time you know half a day or even a couple hours just you know with the with the clients and I would do this on a pretty regular basis and I remember I it would take a long time to drive there it was it was there was a lot of time that that really took as an investment and I remember I decided I was never going to do that again uh, I was I was done no more driving and I remember I didn't lose a single client nobody cared it was fine you know so yeah. so basically it, i just i cut that that may have been one decision where i cut more out of the the cost structure than any other decision i'd made and uh, so yeah, i sympathize with that yeah but the, 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 the pit pass sales is pretty hard uh, to, yeah. to do it over the the online meetings or something else i mean you, you really need to do it in person because sure. the product product was new uh, and you really need to explain uh, to the company HR or, or whoever is, is responsible for it, you really need to explain what you're doing, especially here. Like in Serbia, the, the whole benefit um, uh, area was zero. Like no one was mm -hmm. doing any benefits for for employees. Uh, no one was paying for, for anything. And here it was even taxated as uh, part of the salary. So they paid 67% mm -hmm. on top of what they paid to us. So it was pretty, pretty hard to, to get in. Uh, Turkey was a bit different because some of them were paying gyms and, and they need to pay food for, for employees and so on. Mm -hmm. But still, any kind of, I don't, I don't think we closed maybe five deals all, all together uh, online. Everything else was done like person to person. That's, that's interesting. Um, so um, how big was your company as you, you, know, you started it from scratch? And so <clears throat> I imagine it was zero when you started it. How, how big did it get? In terms of employees, uh, we got off to. Uh, I, I may, might lie to you, but we got over two hundred people for sure. But I'm not sure about the the exact number, because uh, we had a lot of fluctua fluctuation sure. in the number of people. Because when we opened a new market, we we hired I don't know like fifty guys to to go around and and uh, sign gyms and everything else. Then they work for like five six months, then we don't need them anymore. But then we mm -hmm. need the corporate sales and so on and so on. So yeah. it was changing pretty pretty rapidly then the call center gets in and, and so on and so on so we had crazy crazy differences in, in, in the number of people that are working at the same time i mean at, at the moment on sale 
I even had people in Belgrade that I never met. <laughs> so it was pretty good. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I saw a guy in the elevator one day, uh, like a year before we sold it. The guy was like, hey, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. I got out of the elevator and I asked my colleague, like, who's he? He was like, yeah, the guy's working for us for like a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty big at the end. Pretty big. That's and cool. that's one of the main reasons why I, why I sold it. It wasn't enjoyment anymore it was uh, it was a company with the processes with uh, yeah. you know everything started to to get some different shape and I, I I wasn't enjoying the ride anymore so I remember when I was first starting out I got advice from a venture capitalist that there were people who who enjoyed taking a company from zero to a million uh, and then there were other people who jo- enjoyed building a company from one to ten million. And then there were other people who enjoyed going from 10 to 100 million. And I always thought, you know, I like, I think I'll be the kind of guy that likes going from zero to a million. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now I mean, like, I'm opening five things, five different things again. I mean, so I promised myself that I will retire, but that's definitely not going to happen. I relaxed for like three months and now I'm back in the machine and, and I'm uh, excited again. You know, like 10, 15 people, we are working together like every day. It's exciting. It's good. It's everything is new. Mm-hmm. And the last two years of Pitpass, I was that. I was that bit. I mean, and and it felt in the company. You know, you can see the company slowing down because mm-hmm. I I wasn't doing my best. I wasn't giving hundred percent. And it was time to 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 leave it. So so talk to me about that a little bit. You said the last <clears throat> two years. So at what point do you think you kind of felt that it wasn't as exciting? Was it after things got easy? <clears throat> It was uh, when it got slow. You know, at some point it got slow. It stopped being creative business. It started, uh, you know, you need you, you're implementing uh, SAP and, and things like that, uh, CRMs for everything. You need to uh, implement processes for for each thing that you are doing. I uh, need to take care of the financial management. Need to make plans, budgets, and so on and so on. And then that's boring. I mean, for me, that's. Not, not the thing I want to spend my life in, mm-hmm. and that that that's when it uh, when I really lost interest. You know, I was uh, I was going to there, but that wasn't it anymore. You know, and at some point, I mean, even the the colleagues felt it. Uh, I mean, we stopped uh, pushing out uh, new things, uh, new creative things that we can give to our customers, and so on, and so on, because I was too. To doing too much operational stuff because yeah. too, I mean at some point a few hundred people everyone needs to ask you something each week and I'll use, use half of the day just answer questions and that's that's when I really the, the last year I really lost interest completely yeah and I mean it was it was pretty bad but it took us some time to sell it so but it, it was definitely time to go uh, but at the end, at the beginning, we even made a, a pact to sell it after six years. Mm-hmm. So it was the spot on. We sold it after six years. <laughs> so it turned it. out good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That, well, that, that goes back to the whole CEO ability to kind of see around <clears throat> the corner a little bit. So you were able to kind of, you know, I mean, it's very difficult to predict when you're going to be ready to sell a company, but it sounds like you were able to, to match that perfectly. Like two months, <laughs> two months difference before between what we thought and, and what happened. I mean, it was a lot of luck also. We are not that sure. smart. And uh, for s- the big benefit companies started uh, seeing that we are good. 
exactly at the moment that we were started thinking about selling. So we, we were okay. uh, negotiating with three of them at the same time. So so the, the, everything turned out good. The timeline turned out pretty good. And even, even Serbia opened up a lot. Uh, like 10 years ago, you wouldn't even dream about selling your company to the French company in Serbia. But mm. now, now is the time to do it. I mean, the French guys came and bought Serbia company. It's a big thing. I mean, in the last year, Serbia had like crazy, crazy big exits. We sold Mordeus for a few hundred million. Yeah. And there is Nutanix bought the other company for 100 million. We have like crazy exits right now, yeah. which was like insane to even think about 10, 12 years ago here. So you basically knew who the potential cut buyers would be for your business. Yes, yes. So the, the big company started playing around us. You know, the the Sodexo, the biggest benefit company in the world, I think, bought uh, let's say a comp- competitor in in uh, Bulgaria. Yeah. So we we reached out to them. I mean, when when the big guys come, uh, you don't really you can't really pay, play with them. You know, you either. Yeah. You either get them under your side or you you sell. I mean, if Sodexo came to Serbia with 20 millions and buys uh, all the best gyms heroes, I'm out of business in two days. Mm -hmm. So we reached out to them. Uh, Then the benefit system started playing, uh, the Polish one started playing in in, uh, Croatia. So we reached out to them too. Then the third guy came to to Romania, the upgrade French company that we sold to. So we talked to them too, and then we talked to the fourth guy because there is a big three of the, the benefit companies, Sodexo, Upgroup, and uh, Edenred. So we talked to all of them. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we got the best the best offer we can get. I mean, it was like, okay, so you give that much, then we go to the other guy. So they get this, you want to give more? And we got the best offer that we can get. <clears throat> That's great. And, and, and now it sounds like you're working with a team of, say, 10 to 15 people at the moment and you're doing you're doing at least one how many more businesses are you do you have going on at the moment uh, four four I, I again uh, started a bit too more 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 than a, a bit of more than I can true but uh, it, it's pretty interesting I got the, the biggest one that I'm doing right now I got into the CBD business mm-hmm. uh, I mean I, I got acquainted to CBD we were now we were selling fit pass. We had some crazy problems from the stress. Like it started uh, yeah. taking toll on my health, and uh, it was pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, I, I couldn't feel anything, but my, my hormones were raging <laughs> from the stress and everything else. And a friend of mine uh, suggested I should try uh, CBD oil, and it did wonders for me. I mean, I was using it for six months. I, I didn't swear in the, in the traffic. It <laughs> really calmed me down, like completely. So now, yeah, everything around behind me, you know, CBD products. Okay. So uh, that's the biggest thing that we're working on right now. And most exciting, it's pretty good. And product is good. The market is booming in, in Europe. In, yeah. in America, is already crazy. Maybe you know better than me. Uh, and and it's exciting. It's I can do whatever I want. You know, I, I'm not <clears throat> restrained with some... Um, you need to do this or you uh, need to behave nice or whatever. CBD is something fun, something good. So even the marketing strategies can be crazy. I mean, I can approach different kind of, of uh, potential clients in different ways. So it's very, very, very exciting. Like FitPass when I was starting. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. We we actually have a couple clients that are in the CBD space. So we know how you know how explosive it really is. And one of the challenges, though, is government regulation. and 
you know, we're very limited with what we're allowed to market and promote in terms of CBD, you know, using Google and Facebook and all that. And so um, what kind of challenges have you had from that perspective? Are you selling directly to customers? Are you, do you have another type of strategy? So we started with the wholesale. Uh, we have a production in Slovenia. And uh, the good thing about Europe is that um, uh, all, uh, <clears throat> if, you, if you're licensed in, in Slovenia and you made it there, if you sell it in Switzerland, uh, you're selling it under Slovenian law. Mm-hmm. So the, the product is uh, under the influence of the law where it was produced. So wherever you sell it in European Union, there it's still using the, the Slovenian uh, laws and Slovenia has really, really uh, soft uh, <clears throat> a law about uh, CBD or anything else. That's why we have chosen oh. to be there. And uh, <clears throat> we started with the wholesale and now we're building an building a online shop and we should start in, I think, two weeks. It took us some time because we, exactly about what you said, uh, we had some problems with uh, where to put the, the <clears throat> where, from where to send it. Because if we send the, the, the whole batch to, to, let's say, Germany, if we se- sell it from Germany, then it's, it's a different thing. So we, we are se- right now sending everything for Croatia mm-hmm. uh, because it's, also really light on on uh, <clears throat> on what what you can do with uh, with CBD, but we will see. The biggest problem is that things changed change really fast. You know, one day is uh, one law, and then in ten days yeah. they bring something else. But they're mostly uh, going in positive way. The whole Euro- European Union is going positive, and they're they're letting more and more uh, of, of the products on the market, yeah. and uh, with the biggest bigger concentration and everything else. And even like a few, few weeks ago, it was uh, voted as a cure for epilepsy mm-hmm. for, from European Union. So that, that will open some new doors for us also. <clears throat> the health benefits seem tremendous. You know, I've tremendous, used it. Yeah. yeah, I've used it. I really feel, you know, I feel like it makes a very positive impact on anxiety and on just, just in general on inflammation. Um, it's amazing how many benefits there seem to be. Yeah, I even thought it's placebo. It helped me so much that I, I, I couldn't believe that, that it's happening to me. I, I mean, I, 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 something happens and I'm expecting my body to react and nothing, nothing happens. And, and besides that, you don't feel anything like you take it and nothing happens until you get to the point when you, you expect anxiety and there is no... So yeah, and I'm sleeping like a baby. <laughs> yeah, that too. First that, time that's, in 20 years, yeah. <laughs> same, same here. I've never had great sleep in my life. Even when I was really young, I did not have great sleep. And, uh, and now with, with, some, with CBD, it really, it, it changes that. Really, really, yeah. Yeah, crazy, crazy good sleep. I think that might be the best benefit of, of all. For, for me, definitely. <laughs> yeah. For me, definitely. <clears throat> so you sound like somebody who's always been interested in health. Is that something, is that, is that the case? Or, or did you get into this? this whole field um about with uh fit pass and then with cbd you know no, was that... i was i was in sports since i was like five years old so yeah. all my life and then even uh, i was working as a trainer even and uh i was training most of my life and uh, i mean this last year is maybe the, the 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 only year i had really big problems with corona i almost uh, almost died oh, wow. uh it was in hospital for for a long time and even in half coma for a few days it was pretty bad every other part of my life was like work and training 
So yeah, I was in, in health for a long time, and I am really interested in that field in, in not only health as a health, but uh, <clears throat> also uh, what you should eat, what you should drink, how how much you should sleep, and everything else. So yeah, yeah FitPass was only uh, the, the the plus or made on that that knowledge because he had pretty big uh, uh, <clears throat> contacts in that area. I knew most of the guys that were owners here of the gyms and everything else because I trained with most of them or worked. So I, I used all of that, and that's why we started with FitPass. I mean, I could use any other uh, benefit for employees, but the sports was something that was close to me, and that's why we, we have chosen. <clears throat> so when did you get Corona, and and when 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 were you? Did you get uh... last 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 August? Okay. Uh, and I, I still have no idea where I got it, but uh, it it was starting like three four months before that here to to go hard. I think it was March. And I was like, thank I had 10 kilos more. I was like in my prime, never felt yeah. better, never looked better. And it really destroyed me in six days. Mm. Like in six days, I, I couldn't breathe. Even though I, I took every, every, everything that you can take to, to the infusions, uh, vitamins, everything. You, you, even now, that whatever they say you should take, I was taking it. Yeah. And in six days, I, I almost couldn't drive myself to the hospital. In two days later, I was, uh, I don't know, what's the, the English word for it? Like hypoxia, hypoxia, probably something like, like that. I had a lack of oxygen in my brain. Yeah. So like I was half dead for three days. <clears throat> and, and whenever, right when they were thinking about getting me to, to respirator, I, I got better. Wow. And it took me took me almost a month to, to so I could get to walk more than two, two meters. And even now, I feel uh, I still feel my my lungs are on 70, 75% of the wow. before. I had some heart problems and so on, and so on. It it really kicked me hard. Yeah. Uh, and and I I was the one who I mean I haven't been to the doctor for like 15 years. I'm really really healthy. Yeah. I really take care of that. I don't even have like a health card or, or anything. And I, I I couldn't believe that it did something like that to me. And the interesting thing was, in, in no one in hospital was smoker. All all the guys there and girls were non-smokers, and that was like wow. one more thing that I was like really, really didn't think that something like that would happen. No, it's a respiratory problem, and no smokers are there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Wow. So did that experience? So was it was it this past August or the, or or a year past, ago? Past, like a year ago. Year ago. Yeah. Okay. A year ago. Yeah. Wow. It was, I mean, it was experience that uh, when now when I look at it, it wasn't bad for me. You know, you, I, I uh, found out that I'm not really scared of dying. And uh, I mean, it, it will sound like corny, but I'm really using now every day like it's the last one. Because so it did. Uh, I, I, yeah, it did really, really change my, my point of view completely. Wow. And uh, one more point why, 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 I should, why I wouldn't open something like free pass again i'm not working 15 hours a day at all i am spending a crazy amount of time on traveling i bought the harley davidson which i was dreaming about for like 20 years and now that was like okay now That's is awesome. the time yeah and I'm, I'm on it like most of the time of my life right now and yeah it changed my perspective changed uh, everything like changed even how i'm uh, talking with people and uh, who i'm spending time with I made some uh, big cuts in, in, in with my some of my friends and some of other people that I really 
um, left behind, let's say, if I decked, and I'm definitely not losing time anymore on, on, on something that is not making me better. So yeah, it changed my perspective and everything else. So I wouldn't, wouldn't like dream, want it to happen to anyone, but it really, really, really made a good, good impact. Well, I'm you know, good for you. I'm, I'm really glad that, that you were able to get through that. And, and now it sounds like mentally you're stronger than, than, you know, and you've got some, some, you know, a, a changed worldview in some ways. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yes. I, I know for me, I didn't, I didn't get uh, COVID, but I, um, with the whole lockdown and with, you know, all the restrictions and everything that everyone has had to deal with, it has, it, it has also changed my perspective on who I spend time with, on how I use my own time in general, and, and on what I want to, what I want to do with my career and my business. Yes, you know, like- <laughs> and I think there, you know, yeah, there are, there are positive things. I mean, that's a very positive, I think, thing for, to come out of this. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people probably, you know, you know, probably had, had similar views that, you know, they want to, you know, they want to, they, they want to change, they want to have quality time with the time they have left. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, well, before this, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll make it until 70 at, at least, but now I'm like, maybe car can hit me tomorrow. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pacing faster, but in, in some other direction, you know, money is not something that I'm chasing anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely not something that's fulfilling me. It never was, but I was chasing some financial stability. Yeah. But now, like, what, what the hell is financial stability when you when you think about it? I mean, yeah. I, I I almost died with a, a lot of money on my account, and, uh, and so what what stability? <laughs> you know, now I don't want the money on account. Like, I invested almost everything. Uh, I mean, it's a big pressure right now because the the markets are still not. <clears throat> behaving like they should uh, the covid took took toll on on everything and it will take us two or three more years to get out of this but it's more interesting you know and and yeah yeah I, I, everything changed i mean even even the the cbd business it's it's a crazy risk for me uh yeah. maybe a year ago i wouldn't even do it because now like even i'm 34 i should start thinking about family and everything else and no i'm like let's do it again and let's spend the uh, half of the year on the on the bike around the Europe. <laughs> so yeah, it, 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 the, my life is a lot interesting since I got COVID. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. So I, I, I didn't have a Harley Davidson, but I actually, I had a Honda Shadow um, uh, nice. 600 when I was about 19 years old. I loved it. It was so much fun. You know, it's a, a cruiser style motorcycle. It's a good, it, you know, good bike for, uh, uh, for, for somebody kind of kind of young who doesn't know what they're doing. Totally. No, I'm a big, I'm a big petrol head. You know, I have a I have a sport bike also. I have a super bike. I have a chopper. I, I have a lot, lot of cars. I even drove uh, some sports cars professionally and so on and so on. So yeah, I'm a big, big petrol head. But I was like putting that aside. Like I have time. No, no, no I don't. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? that's right. I was waiting for something like, you know, you 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 postpone some things. You're like. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow, next year, or next year. Yeah, there is maybe not a next year. So that's right. For for example, until end of this year, I have already like six more uh, <clears throat> uh, tra- travel adventures planned already. And I want to hit Beirut. I want to go to Middle East again, and, and some other things. I was uh, I, I was living with Bedouins in in in, um, in the Sahara since I got COVID, and I did some crazy things that I wouldn't do before. So. 
Yeah, yeah, life is nice now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really that's, nice. Yeah, that, that's great. Well, you know, I I completely agree. I mean, one of the best decisions I've ever made was taking a, a cross country uh, trip with my dad. We we were in a, a beautiful uh, Porsche 911, and and nice. you know, my dream car, <laughs> a beautiful car. Went from from DC to San Francisco, and. Uh, you know, that's the kind of thing trip that you kind of put off for a long time. Yes. You know, it's, it's just completely leisurely, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people would, might consider pointless, uh, you know, you could easily fly and, uh, uh, it was wonderful. One of the best decisions I've made. Exactly. But the best thing with a bike is like vacation starts when you sit on it, not when you get to the, to the destination you want to get to. So yeah. that's why I like the bikes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that's great. So, so where have you been through through Europe on the Harley? And, and actually, which which bike is your favorite? Uh, now, now I mean the, the bike, the, the Harley is the worst and the best bike I ever drove. You know? uh, it, it's it's big, it's loud. The, yeah. the brakes are bad. The the ABS is bad. Everything is bad about it, and I love it. You know, when you you sit on it, you start it, it starts growing like an animal. And you're like, you already had the, the smile on your face. You, you drove by it, the kids are waving. Yeah. And, you know, it, it brings happiness to everyone. So, yeah, definitely Harley. I mean, uh, it, it's, 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 it's an enjoyment, enjoyment machine, you know. I, I mean, I, I love my Yamaha. I love my Suzuki and everything else. But this is something else, you know. My, my trip in the Alps uh, a month ago is maybe the best experience in my life, you know, just cruising like 20, 20 kilometers per hour and enjoying the view, it, it was insane. And I'm, I was alone. So now, now I don't even need like a company or anything. I just sit and I go and drive for like 10 days. <laughs> That's great. That's so great. yeah, definitely, definitely. Harley is the best, best thing I bought in a long time. That's great. That's great. Um, yeah, I, um, so, and it sounds like you travel alone a little bit. Um, you know, when, uh, yeah, one of my favorite trips ever was right after college, I, I got a job working for a politician. It didn't start for six weeks. And so, uh, so I just bought a plane ticket, no planning whatsoever. Yeah. Landed in London, went through Paris, went through, uh, spent about 10 days in Spain, you know, went to Germany, did any, you know, basically just went wherever I want. I had a rail pass and, uh, and no obligations. And that to this day, you know, I've had a lot of trips and that one may be the best one. Yeah, yeah. but now I am behaving now like a student. So yeah. I'm recreating those trips that we had at that point, going to Istanbul with Orient Express and, and stuff like that uh, for 30 hours. For the last six years, I, I was like, didn't do anything crazy. Now I'm doing everything crazy. You know, <laughs> you're jumping from the plane and stuff like that. <laughs> so, do you currently work with anybody with the, with people who were on your team at FitPass, or, or, uh, uh, or I'm I'm not I'm not allowed to to hire them. Okay. So officially, none of them is working with for me. Let's say like that. But yeah, I use use some of them, um, not like full time. But uh, I mean, it's my team. It's my other family, yeah. the, the guys, most of the guys there, were, uh, the core team that they had, it was their first job. Most of them are a lot yeah. younger than me and uh, uh, most of them grew with me. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can't, can't really lose that connections. I'm even uh, the best man for two of them on, on their weddings and uh, we, we are really close. Like there are 10, 15 people that 
that are literally like brothers and sisters to me. So yeah, some of them still work with me, and I'm in contact with all other, other all all rest of them. To, to me, that's that's the sign of a of a good business, a good CEO, somebody who I remember when I was on Capitol Hill in D.C. You know, my, my first career was actually in, in politics rather than in business. And I remember I was told that you can always tell the uh, the the corrupt uh, Congress, the corrupt politicians, because they can't keep a staff. You know, the staff will rotate just constantly. And 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 sure enough, that's exactly what you know what I observed firsthand. You know, uh, you know, you could see some congressmen; they would have their top aide would rotate, you know, you, 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 you know, they'd be there for four months, and then they'd get fired, and then they'd have to find a new one. So I've always looked to, to businesses that have long term teams, and thought, you know, that's, that's a sign that that things are being done, right? Uh, it's not only that, you know, if I'm not smiling when I get into the office, but uh, looking like, oh, my God, where I got, um, you don't feel good, you know, and, uh, and uh, like this, I mean, all of them, my friends, we were like, traveling together like yeah. uh, to business meetings or even even I, I we had like a team building every two or three months something out, somewhere yeah. out of Belgrade and so on and so on I mean the, the atmosphere for me is something that's really important in in every business because if if I, I if I get up in the morning and I think oh my god I need to get there again then I'm not doing something then I'm not doing something good so even yeah change the team or change the, the place there where you are. And I mean, it, it was even better before the, I started building my own businesses. I never stuck for long in a company where I didn't feel good. Even if the money was good and, and everything else, if, if the atmosphere was bad, uh, I'm leaving. So, you know, you've said a couple of times that money is not the key motivator and it never really was your, your key motivator. What was the motivation for you in your early days? It was it was pretty hard here in Serbia, you know. When when uh, even we talked, I was even in in Florida for a year and yeah. uh, I had to go there to to work because Serbia was in pretty bit bad shape 12, 13, 14 years ago. The the, the finding job here was hard. The the, the salaries were very low and so on yeah. and so on. So uh, I had a dream for myself since I was like 16, 14. Uh, 14, 15, 16, something like that to, to, to buy a house for my parents. And I bought it last year. And, uh, the, you know, the, the motivation is, is something that keeps you going for a short time. Discipline is something that keeps you going for a long time you know, to get out of the bed, even when the things are bad. And the thing that was pushing me above that discipline was was that, to, to get in that house. I mean, it, it, it sounds like... Uh, Funny buy a house. I mean, buying a house here is not not a big amount of money, but for me, it, that that was the point when I uh, I did it. I said to myself, I did it. I mean, we sold company for a few millions, but until I bought that house, I, uh, that that's that day was the day when I said it. That's it. You did it, man. And then now it's the time to to relax and and take it take it easy and slow down. So yeah, that was that that is something that I was pulling the, the, the motivation when, when the things were really hard. And uh, I mean, in Serbia, you know, you don't chase the money. We don't, we don't have, we didn't have dreams. My generation didn't have dreams of millions. You, you, when you were growing up here, we, we couldn't even, what I said before, like dream about French company coming here and buying something that you built here. It's, it's insane. I mean, even, even the rocket internet, when they came here and they called me to, to hire me, 
I was like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like it was pretty, pretty strange that, to see some something of that that big that coming to 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 this market. And mm-hmm. uh, now the things are changing rapidly. You know, there are a lot of foreign companies came here in the last three, four years and, and things are different. So now the kids can dream uh, about the money and they can find motivation in, in chasing money. In my time, you were finding motivation to stay alive, you know, just get enough to, to get through the month. And uh, that's why I got to America. I was working there. And uh, when I got back, it was still, still pretty bad. I mean, when I tell, tell people that I was working for 300 euros or less for five years here, they're like, oh my God, that's insane. Like, how did, how did you survive? And now when I look at it, I don't know how I survived. <laughs> you know, I was paying for uh, to eat. I was driving a car. I mean, it was a pretty bad car, but bad car, but I was driving and I was paying for uh, for uh, for apartment and everything else and yeah. 300 euros. Now, now 300 euros, my God, like how, how did they do it? So yeah, my generation didn't really dream about big money. We were dreaming about getting through. And now, now the times are different. So now you can... You can kids here can really, really think about something big, and and I joined talking to them now and helping them because like, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, the kids that they helped uh, got fifteen million euro investment. It's it's crazy, you know, that something like that is happening here. It's yeah. really, really not something that we are here used to. So, what do you think the future holds for for Serbia? You know, I'm I'm somebody who's deeply invested. You know, in in a lot of ways, in in Serbia, um, what do you what do you think the future holds? Do you think it's gonna? Yeah, I think the market is is stable now. The the things are looking better. We will have at least ten more years of of the hard times of transition and uh, being a cheap workforce and so yeah. on and so on. Uh, we can see a lot of people leaving, trying to get uh, something better in in uh, the foreign countries. I mean, I was the one who left, but I came back because I found out that. Uh, not having friends and family around is uh, can be can't be bought by money. So yeah. again, I wasn't motivated by money. So uh, I think it looks good. You know, the political situation is still shaky, but it's more shaky, like it's some uh, made way than it's really shaky. I mean, the the situation down with Kosovo will uh, something will happen, but I don't think that it will it will take any toll on on stability of the region. So yeah, the things are looking good, even even for not only for us but the, the, the surrounding countries. The the market is opening up, the big players are coming, the money is pouring in. So I have big hopes for 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 Serbia right now, and I hope this COVID will end soon before it it gets to we, we all get to the point of no return because it's already hard for for a lot of people here. I think the next year will be the hardest. Because the, we are starting to feel the problems now, and the next year will be will be insane. I mean, the layoffs here are already starting. Uh, there are things missing in markets. You know, there is not enough production. The China China is late with everything. I mean, we wait yeah. for containers a month or two months longer than than we are used to. So I think the next year will be will be the the, the worst ever. Okay. And the, that's when we will see how much it, 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 it COVID took from us. Yeah. So, but I, I'm pretty positive about the drugs and everything. I mean, Pfizer started testing some oral oral medication yesterday. Yeah. They will they will solve that. That's not the, the question. But the economic situation, I think, next year will be crazy, crazy bad. Yeah. So, I actually, I've got one uh, one other question about business for you here. So. Um, 
do you rely on somebody for your operations? And I, like, do you have somebody like a COO that you that you rely on for you know helping build internal processes? and kind of doing some of the administrative things and doing some of the things that I think you indicated as the company got bigger for your first company, FitPass, some of those things you didn't really like. How are you dealing with that now? Like, are you, are you making plans for having essentially a COO type? I'm, I'm a pretty hands-on guy, operational type. You know, I, I like to, to set things, uh, set up all things, how they should look because um, the, the level of the quality that I want to work yeah. with is hard to find in someone else. Uh, customer care, uh, how the things are packed, sent. Uh, how do you how do you negotiate? Uh, like every every little thing, I I, uh, I am the one who wants to set it up, and uh, at the beginning have complete control of it, because I'm I'm not sure that the other guy would do it on that level. Yeah. Because like for example, customer care for me is the main point of every business you 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 make. So. For example, in FitPass, we had like uh, 80 pages um, book for for call center, how they should uh, behave, uh, different scenarios, uh, how, how they should talk to the people and so on and so on. So at the beginning, no, I'm not having anyone because uh, uh, until I set everything up and I'm satisfied how it's going, uh, I, I don't lose control, complete control of it at all. But later, yes, later, yes. So, I mean, uh, in FitPass, the, uh, the operational stuff that they had problems with was like signing papers, documents, uh, banks, lawyers, and so on and so on. I mean, it's it's a big deal when you're big, yeah. like working on six markets and having uh, 16 different banks that are working with you and payment processors and 20 lawyers and uh, yeah. at least one insane client uh, every day who is... Uh, threatening to sue you or whatever and he's just crazy but it's something that you also need to to, to think about so that that's that's the the the, the thing that, that i was thinking when i said the uh, operation so i wasn't really doing classic operational company stuff but just some <clears throat> ceo things that no one wants to to work with <laughs> the, the boring stuff i i get that stuff. yeah i i can relate i can relate so how can people follow you how can they follow your current company you know what uh if somebody's really interested in in your cbd products you know what where should they go uh the website will be live uh soon it's hempinesscbd.com i love that so name. like like hemp yeah like happiness but happiness so you it's easy to 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 remember it and pronounce it. so you in in two weeks you will be able to find us i mean it's already live but it's not operational we are still working on it uh, but I think until you publish this podcast, it will be operational for, for a long time. For my personal curiosity, was it difficult to get that URL or did you get lucky and, and was it available? Did you have to, I imagine it would be, pre, it sounds pretty expensive to me. Uh, yeah, it was expensive. <laughs> I mean, even hempiness.com is crazy expensive. That's why yeah. I needed to add CBD, but this one was yeah. too. But I mean, the guy who has hempiness.com is insane obviously yeah. <laughs> Something, yeah. something's not right <laughs> i don't usually i don't usually spend a ton of money on on urls but i do um you know I, i've had to negotiate a handful and you know people who own certain urls get crazy they are so yeah. anybody that owns a three-letter url for instance you know they want a million plus 
No, yeah, yeah, with, with no problem. And yeah. they're not ashamed to say it. Yeah. No problem at all. I yeah. mean, but the name was so good, I couldn't pass it. It's, I, it I really had to take it. Yeah, that, well, that's a fantastic name for that product. And the, and, the, and the fact is, is a consumer-oriented business, you know, like a CBD company, in my opinion, should be invested in that, you know, uh, I mean, it, it, every, so much comes down to your brand. And so, it, you know, that, that's probably a great investment. Yeah, and then now the brand is the biggest, biggest let's say, issue that yeah. I have because I'm not really sure what uh, what side should I take. Should I go with like Dan Bilzerian and his Ignite and uh, go with uh, you know Naked Girls and, and stuff like that? Because I mean it's working for him, but the, the Europe is maybe a bit more conservative and that wouldn't pass. So I go with or maybe I should go with some kind of uh, pharmacy looking uh, brand and so on and so on. So yeah, that's why the CBD is fun. You know, I, I can do whatever I want, and everything, everything will probably pass. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, this is. I think that it, that I, when I think of CBD, I, I look to the to the to the beer market and the alcohol market, and and some and as well as some health, you know, health uh, products, you know, and, and you know, but with with the beer market in particular, where you've got product packaging, you've got naming, you've got story, like, like, to me, there's got to be a lot of similarities in terms of how consumers are going to react to, to see exactly. And I think the, the, the clients are pretty much the same mm-hmm. in terms of the age and, uh, and everything else. So yeah, I was even looking at the craft market in, in Germany of the beer craft yeah. marketing market, because uh, the the research that we did, it turned out that the, 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 the focus group is the same as the users of, of beer, yeah. uh, vape, vape, um, yep. if you have it, you know what it is, sure. vape things and, and so on and so on. For, and for example, not smokers, and, and uh, which was pretty, for me, pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I was looking already at, uh, at the beer craft market in Germany. Uh, and they have like pretty creative uh, campaigns and everything else to be yeah. looking good and and I hope it also tastes good. I'll have, I'll have to try it. <laughs> but w- one of the other challenges for CBD, in my opinion, is also it has so many benefits that you know if you tell somebody, okay, this will help your sleep, it'll help your anxiety, it'll help this, it'll help that, then it's too many things. You know, it's it's so many things. I mean, it, I mean, <clears throat> sure, it's great for the early adopters and the people who are interested in that kind of thing but you know the, you know the the other consideration in my opinion is are uh, is there one can there be a volvo type strategy where you know sure volvo cars have uh you know uh, you know they can get you around they maybe they have good traction they're this they're that but really they're safe like safe is the one thing that people think of with yeah. volvo so for me because i've always had trouble sleeping you know i feel like you know, there should probably be a CBD product that just focuses 100% on, yeah. Yeah, on that on that benefit. Yeah, yeah we, we, we will do that. We have a tea for that. We made the tea specifically oh, like oh, sleep okay. tea. Uh, but uh, yeah. that's one of the issues. The, the biggest issue that we are uh, seeing here because Europe is still pretty young with CBD. Uh, in America, it's already there for 10 years. Europe is just getting started like it should and people still don't know what it is and they still think it's marijuana so that's the biggest problem we have everyone looks at it as a drug and not as a cure yeah. and um, it will take a lot of time to to get out yeah. of the people's heads that that CBD is not that so uh, I'm trying to like 
completely move the 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 look of the the leaf of the marijuana from oh. from everything and and the joint and everything that's connected with the let's say potheads you know because yeah. the people here the europe is it's much much more conservative market than, than america and we need to make, make a completely different approach and even now that i'm thinking about uh, russia and uh, the middle east yeah it will be even harder even harder than than, than europe so that, that's the main issue that we have right here now so that, that, that's why i'm thinking about how to go with what brand because if i go too loose and then fun it will still be considered as uh, something bad you know so that's why i'm thinking about going to a complete like like a pharmacy or pharmacy production or something like that to to be like clear um, and going like yeah this is to for your well-being not for fun but something like a cure completely like medicine well i think that's fascinating and i i, I wish you the best of luck with the new venture thank you thank you uh, Thank you so much for being here. We'll have links in the uh, in the podcast and on social media for uh, for the new business for Hempiness, and so hopefully everybody will go out there and get some CBD products where wherever they're available from from you. Um, thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you. Kevin.